Hello, my name is Dan Benedictus and this is a special edition of Desert Island Dicks because this week there's a new series of Taskmaster and like many people we're big fans of the show and then we realised that we've had quite a few previous contestants of Taskmaster on Desert Island Dicks which is more than enough reason for us to put together a compilation or as we like to call it a top of the cocks. So we've got all the previous guests of ours that have also featured on Taskmaster like Champion of Champions Richard Herring and loads more besides. I was going to tell you about all of the guests but I realised that if you've got this far you've probably read the little description bit that shows you who's in here anyway or you're just happy to listen to it so I'll move on. You know why you're here and what you need to do so I'm going to leave you in peace to listen to this Taskmaster themed Top of the Cocks. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest, and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is actor, musician, comedian, podcaster and more. He's an all-round polymath. It's Ben Bailey-Smith, also known as Doc Brown. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm feeling good. I've got that Friday feeling, you know? I feel very positive, so I've got a got to turn my brain around to get really nice and negative for this uh <laughs> this particular concept that you've you've come up with well maybe it will just sort of make sure there is no negativity left in you yeah you know it's like think of it as a purge mm. a cleanse yeah you know yeah, and um, hopefully it won't get you too riled up i mean you know you you're involved in so many different things does that mean that you're you know relatively calm person and methodical or, or you know do you kind of get quite passionate about stuff and riled up easily no i think i'm i'm very very calm which means if i do get riled up it's it's a, it's a problem because it's, it's it's very rare mm. so i'll explode my i have one daughter who's very similar like she never gets upset but that occasion that she does you got to batten down the hatches because it's going to get nasty, you know. <laughs> Whereas the other one, it's just like she's always flying off the handle every day. So this is totally different. <laughs> don't take her that seriously. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't, I just don't see any point in getting worked up about stuff. I'm just more of an observer. Mm. And I think about it. That way, you do get things done much more efficiently. If you just watch, you just watch and observe and take a breath and then make your decision. Yeah. Uh, if you're a reactive person, I think. You might be more well remembered, I suppose. You might be more like highly regarded, um, but you're going to make a lot of mistakes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It makes perfect sense, and I'd like to say I'm similar, but then I'd think back a few hours to getting the kids ready for school this morning, and uh, mm. I don't know if it's true all the time. Yeah, just lose it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, look, let's get into it and see how we get along then. Um, who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? Well, this is actually really tough, man. I found all the other questions way easier than people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because first of all, like, the first thing that came to my mind is if I was on a desert island, like I would be on that list. Do you know what I mean? I had like being alone for too long. I just I get so irritated with myself, you know, <laughs> just find myself going, oh, shut up like, to, my, to my own brain. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be a bit too existential, including <laughs> myself. But my, the first, the first three people that came to mind were me, my dog, and uh, the traffic warden who patrols Wilsden Lane. Like those, those three people. Um, but then I realised there was an animal, so I, I cut the dog out. 
and then I also realised that it's just too colloquial you know <laughs> m- my local traffic warden probably doesn't mean a lot to other people it means a lot to me though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I then started thinking about people that everybody knows man and that the first place my head went which is probably the first place a lot of people's minds wander is to Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> but then I thought Actually, I'd take all three of those dickheads from uh, the Grand Tour and, and stick them in. Mm, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. all irritate me equally. And then uh, that's a bit boring. So I scratched them. And also thought Clarkson's just a bit too obvious. He's, <laughs> he's just, you know, his 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 sort of raison d'etre is to be an obnoxious dick. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I thought it was too obvious. So then my mind went towards uh, Prince Andrew. Okay. <laughs> and and I settled with him. I thought, yeah, definitely, definitely would not want to be spending any lengthy amount of time with that guy. You know, yeah. just someone so full of shit as him. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, clearly he's uh, he's an he's an innocent man. I mean, it's a totally innocent man who paid a person that he'd never met twelve million pounds. Just one of those things that happens. Yeah, we've all done sometimes it. in your life. You know, we've all done it. We've all been there. <laughs> just never met this person, but I should probably give her twelve mil. Um, mm. being that I'm an innocent do-gooder so yeah I just I don't trust the man I uh, I don't want anything to do with him so to have him on and there's an island with me, me would be up there with my worst nightmares definitely for him it's just that he's such a, a great poster boy for sort of privilege and not realising the extent to which you're wrong about things you know just that that it was, it was just, it was just a normal everyday run-of-the-mill shooting weekend <laughs> <laughs> i see yeah absolutely that that is how it bugs me that that kind of just no concept of other people at all really like what other people might think or feel and just that sort of i'm gonna go and give this interview don't worry it's fine because once they hear me talk everything will be settled it's just that that level of i mean like unreal we could all do with a little bit of that self-belief but there's probably a point where there's definitely a line when you're like you're so far past real life Uh, absolutely shocking i mean uh, as actually a friend of mine who interviewed him emily mateless uh and i spoke to her about it you know um because I was just fascinated by it, having watched it, the whole thing. I just couldn't believe the level of scoop. <laughs> when I spoke to Emily about it, she said to me, dude, like, no one was more shocked or surprised than me. <laughs> she said she she went in that day expecting to just get PR'd up the wazoo. Do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't ask this, you can't ask that, you can't ask this. She said there was just nobody there. Like, nobody approached mm. her, no one said, like... She just had this time. She's like, so I've just got the whole hour and I can just ask why. She's like, just go on with it. She she couldn't believe it. She was shocked. And then she didn't even get most of her bombshell questions out because he was just dropping bombs left, right and centre <laughs> himself. She was just sat, sat there in shock, not really having to do anything, just going, are you sure you want to say what you just said because that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah you almost want to coach him be like are you sh- is, do you think this is going well i mean as an interrogator you kind She's, of you know yeah she could not believe yeah. her luck so like she came away with everyone saying oh my god emily emily's like blown this thing wide open but actually she was like nah he kind of did it himself i was just there <laughs> yeah 
I mean, extra credit for just keeping a professional straight face and not just going, whoa, yeah. mate, do you know what you just said? I know. But she's so smart and she's so sharp. That, that yeah. She's, and she's so pro. Like, there's ne- ne- no, no one's ever going to pull the rug out from, from under Emily. Mm. So mm. there's no doubt about that. But yeah, regardless of your own intelligence and professionalism, it was an amazing job to sit there and just go, wait, what? <laughs> to, to not do that was was a, a exceptional self control. I think. Yeah, yeah. So spending time with him on the island, I mean, mm. I just think on a, on a practical level as well. Like, you know, I think because um, on one on hand, you know, people say about like the royals, oh, you know, they they can get stuck in and work hard and stuff. But I just sort of think, well, maybe you've also been looked after very well for a long time, you know. Mm. And I just think, you know, do you think he's going to get his his hands dirty in terms of like chores and stuff like that. He's he's not giving you much help, I don't think. He's not going to help. He's not going to help. I, I mean, does he know how to start a fire? Even I, I, I just, I see him being completely useless. Just one of those. Just making that noise quite a lot, which is un- unhelpful. I'd probably have to eat him. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it'd be quite tender meat, you know, like, yeah. you know quite an unstressed life, isn't You know, that's got to be a, a good thing. When they talk about one of the bad things, well, one of the many bad things about, say, factory farming is, you know, it's just stress does bad things to animals, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. It makes them all sinewy and wiry. You know, the last couple of years notwithstanding, you know, he's probably had quite a relaxing time of it. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Slice off a thigh. So let's see who's going to be joining him. Who's the next choice uh, on the island? Um... I think it's, it's it's everybody's favorite DJ David Guetta. <laughs> yeah. Um I I've, I've never understood David Guetta no. ever from like the start. You know there's like loads of actors and musicians and you know they're really irritating and you hate that all their output and you 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 just like oh god this guy again. But if you trace their career back you go oh yeah but that's why you know that breakthrough hit or that amazing movie or you know that's why people loved him initially mm. and he's dining out on that but i go back in this guy's he, <laughs> he was always shit I, I, I just don't get him at all the music he plays is obviously it's not my music so that's a bad start for any dj but for him to become this guy who's and I'm going to sound like a hater here, and I'm glad because I I hate him. So it's perfect. Like you know, this kind of Super Bowl level guy, like TJ's the biggest events in the world. Um, you know, I'm by and when I say that, I mean he's getting up and pressing play, and then the rest of the time is just like Christ-like pose mm. that he does. Um, don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Don't get it. I I I, I love DJs and I love the art of DJing, but I just don't see that that's what he's doing i mean he surely he spends more time highlighting his hair than 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 preparing any kind of uh mix Mm. for for live performance the last thing i saw him do actually um which sort of solidified my sheer disdain for the man was uh after the, the horrific um george floyd murder um there was a lot of celebrities, you know, saying their piece and 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 asking for peace. And some of it was cringy, but it was all, you know, comes come from the right place. David Guetta um, created a remix of the "I Have a Dream" speech by Martin Luther King, 
And when I say remix, all he did from a rooftop somewhere in Los Angeles or somewhere like that, um, with lots of sort of like very hot looking men and women around him sipping champagne, uh, he just like played a bit of the speech and then just went into the <laughs> arms up like Christ again. <laughs> And he was like, he did this speech about this is what we've got to do to bring the world together, man. And I was yeah. like, yeah, 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 me and you, we were never anything, but if we were, we're fully done now. <laughs> <laughs> but if only there'd been more mediocre house music, things could yeah. have been different. <laughs> yeah. In a way, it'd be great to have him on the island just to watch him, like, without the one thing that sort of makes him a star, without the turntables, yeah. just to see what's left yeah yeah because there's not much there no. with the turntables and without his hair products like <laughs> what happens and here to share their desert island dicks with us today you probably know him from clearing stones in a field or playing himself at snooker it's richard herring thank you hello uh, hi how are you yeah i'm good I'm not, well you know, i'm all right i'm a bit good i've had some sleep which has made me feel worse and i've got a bit of a bug off the kids but you know that's just normal so yeah sort of confused and tired and a little bit ill but that's my life now as a parent i feel like i've gotten you in a rare state because usually i'm listening to your podcast and you've gotten up at four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i got up at 10 to 10 today which i don't think has ever happened for in the last uh, six or seven years, I would say. So uh, yeah, it's mm. a it's a bit strange. And then I, I told my wife when I went to bed very late. I'd been gigging, and I said to my wife, "I oh, would wake me up because I do have to get into London." We're outside of London now, but she didn't. So you know, it's lucky I'm here. I could have slept in till three. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you can make it. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to uh, address the tiny elephant in the room. Okay. Is that? Um, uh, it sort of came to light after I started this podcast. Uh, some people started acting yeah, us both sure, after, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure after. Yeah. Oh, I was after. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, that yeah. um, you actually do a feature on your podcast yes. called Desert Island Dicks. Well, one of my emergency questions it is, uh, who would your Desert Island Dicks be? But I, you know, I kind of thought I'd, I'd go the route of uh, Richards because it was uh, it was actually because Sarah Millican was a guest early on and she would just been on Desert Island Dicks. Discs, discs, mm. uh, and uh, so I kind of thought, oh, I'd, I'd, it'd be fun to ask her about design and dicks, maybe meaning penises, maybe <laughs> meaning idiots. And then I thought, oh, let's mix it up and surprise people because they'll think it's going to be penises because it's me. Yeah. So I did it about your, your, you have to choose your favorite eight Richards. Yeah. That you'd go to on a desert, and it's actually surprisingly difficult. And it's I quite lot. like, I quite like making people do it, and then actually, you know, they get three, and then they go, oh, you know, and then but you go, no, I want the other five as well. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and I'm one. I'm the. I'm the luxury richard nice. you get you get anyway yeah that's and great. then i've done i've got quite a few other emergency questions that i wrote for my book so one of them's about desert island discs what what eight disc shaped objects would you take to a desert this island? is good yeah uh, desert island dirks that's quite a hard one for eight people called dirk that take is, to desert island. i don't think i can name <laughs> no, one no, no, i don't think i managed to find eight but i yeah. had to google it uh, there's Dirk Gently, there's Dirk Mags, who's a radio producer. Right. Uh, I can't remember any of the others. I think there was some some Danish Dirks. I think that might have come out because of uh, Sophie Hagen. Yes, uh, okay, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we've done that. But, yeah, if you start doing, you know, Ham Hand or Sun Cream Armpit podcast, then oh, you you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But I'll let you. I think the Desert Island Dicks thing is a kind of, you know, something that people would think, and it's a nice format. I've listened to this. Oh, well, nice, thank you very much. It's a much. nice format. You're very kind. Cheers. Um, great, because I did worry for a minute that I'd be your first choice on the island. 
Ireland <laughs> based on that. But if um, I'd thought of that, I would have done it. Let's change God. one of them. No, 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 please, please. Um, Richard, uh, let's dive in. Who's going to be your first choice? Maybe a more one you might have had before. A more mm. popular one is Michael Gove. Yes, okay. Um, but um, only because I've had, like, I realised, I was just thinking about, I've had a lot of uh, intersections in my life with his life. Okay. And so I've had a lot of opportunities to rid the world of Michael jo- Gove. <laughs> have you? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, so, you know, if I was an evil person, um, but also just it's, it's weird how our lives have slightly intersected at different points. Right. Uh, and I think he's just, I haven't knowing a bit about his backstory, mm. I just feel he's not somebody who should be uh, anywhere near being in charge of the world. But you know, it's sort of weird, because a lot of the people who are in government at the moment, were at university at the same time as I was, the same university as I was. Mm, okay. And I don't remember any, they didn't mix in the same circles, but I've talked about this on my podcast, where the comedy club we did in, when I was at Oxford University, and the comedy club mm. we did was downstairs in a tiny little cellar in the Oxford Union, which was where all the debaters and the politicians went, and it was quite a posh club that you had to, I think it was something like, you know, say 80 pounds a term or a year or something that you had to pay, but right. that was beyond the scope yeah, of anything yeah, I could sure. afford. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was sort of vaguely interested in the idea of being at the Oxford Union, but I couldn't afford to go. But the comedy club, we were, we were allowed in to do that. We, we were in this cellar, almost beneath the debating chamber, where Boris Johnson and David Cameron and Michael Gove were debating. And I, rem- and I don't remember any of them, but I remember Michael Gove, because he became president of the Oxford Union, I think, and there was all the photos up in the the hall as you went through. And he was sitting there in a kilt, sort of smiling, this kind of gormless. He looked exactly the same. You know, he looked middle-aged as a, as a, as a 20-year-old. Yeah. And, me, and I just sort of, you know, it's fine, uh, of course, to wear a kilt. And Michael Gove is, I think, technically Scottish. But it just felt like affectation. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, you know, I don't think he's, I think even, I don't think any Scottish people would, particularly want to claim him. No, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I think you're right. So I, don't, yeah. I don't think any Scottish people will be offended by me saying him wearing a kilt made me think he was a massive prick. <laughs> yeah. And so that one, you know, and if you'd said to me then, oh, by the way, that guy will nearly be prime minister, but will, you know, be, will be, mm. uh, and, and all the things that that group of eaten idiots have done to the country. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I sort of feel, I feel there's a drama or a, a TV series or something in this idea of downstairs, in this cellar, you've got Armando Yannucci, Stuart Lee, <laughs> yeah. Richard Herring, Al Murray, and lots of people down there who went on to kind of change the comedy world, as many of those people. I'm not including myself in that. Uh, and upstairs, all these people who would kind of wreck the... Yeah, there's the, ruin. Well, and give them lots of material to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's this, odd, it's this odd kind of conjunction. Um, but then one of my first jobs out of university... <clears throat> was working on um, a program called A Stab in the Dark, and we'd been brought. Me and Stu had been brought in. Um, I guess we might have been working on 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 the air by then, but we'd been brought in to. They'd done a couple of episodes, and it wasn't going very well. Mm. It was hosted. It was like a attempt to do a sort of political uh, stand up East show, but it was it was basically David Baddiel was one of the hosts, which made some sort of sense. Tracy McLeod, who were the who's kind of arts correspondent. And uh, journalist and Michael Gove was this other guy who was the and, and we, thankfully we didn't w- have to work with Michael Gove or interact with Michael Gove, but we were excuse me me and Stuart were writing for um, Tracy McLeod which was an enjoyable experience mm. and it was an amazing thing because we got this job that suddenly I'd we'd been working for two or three years and, and I had not been making any money and no, then yeah. suddenly I was getting TV money for writing these. Uh, you know, helping write these monologues for Tracy McLeod. And I, I have a feeling it was something like £700 a week. And honestly, yeah. that was just 
a mind blowing. I mean, yeah. hey, I could have joined the Oxford Union if I could have gone back. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, it was a mind blowing amount of money. Yeah, so yeah, it was great. it was insane. So I, I earned more in the six seven weeks we worked on that show than I would have done easily in the previous two years. I mean, by mm. far. Mm, right. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so it was so it was a great job for us, and we were, it was great to get it. But we knew straight away we'd been brought in. It was obvious it was this terrible show where the producers were you know they were aiming for controversy. Uh, but not really understanding how to get it. But Michael mm. Gove was in that. And, you know, again, if you'd seen it, so we saw him from a distance. Right. I seem to remember he was quite, um, he farted quite a lot. That was the story. <laughs> that was the rumour about him. I don't know about that. But he was, you know, he was that kind of... He looks like he's going farting all Yeah, and I don't want to judge him by his appearance, but he's got this kind of damp... Yeah, you know, dry oh, but damp yeah. lips. You yeah. Know? I mean, imagine him bearing down on you for a kiss. <sighs> It's not, you know, I feel very sorry for his wife if his wife wasn't so awful yeah. as well. <laughs> but, uh, he kind of looks like a potato made of ham. Yeah. yeah, so he's, you know, I'm sure he's a love... No, he's not a nice fella. He's not, no. you know, so he just... He was a journalist then, and it just, you know... And he again, he's seen middle-aged, and he must have been 25 or 26 or something. Mm. Uh, and he did the things that he did. I mean, if they came out again, I don't think really it's... It didn't make much of an impact. I think I've seen one thing online where he's... I can't even quite remember the details of anything he did, but they, if they were to come out, they were, he was always trying to be controversial and, right. you know, the things he said were horrible. But mm. I mean, I guess no horrible than the stuff he actually says in his politics now. Yes. So again, I saw him there and then the idea of that, again, that guy going on to, out of all, you know, out of anything, David Badir would be a much better yeah. politician. And <laughs> yeah. he would not be a good politician, but he'd be a much better politician. Mm. Tracy McLeod would be a great person to mm. rule the country. Uh, but what, Michael Gove to go on to be a politician. Um, and then I haven't had many much dealings with him, but I did. I was uh, before I moved out of the countryside. I lived in Shepherd's Bush, and I was in the Westfield with my wife, drinking a beer at a tapas bar, sort of in the open plan thing. And Michael Gove just walked past with his kids, and there was, you know, and this was he was in the government, mm, yeah, and there was just nobody protecting him or anything around him, and it was sort of around. I think it was just probably pre the Brexit vote. Maybe it was just post it. Jeez. But, you know, I had a bottle of beer. I just thought, God, if I could have just gone over and smashed them over there. Maybe there were men waiting with sniper rifles to take out anyone who attacked him. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. You sort of think, if I, if there's something I could have done, and I, know I would not, you know, and I'm joking about uh, yeah, physical harm yeah. or whatever, because it's not funny, uh, obviously, in reality. But it's... Um, what have you persuaded him into a life of comedy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if only we could have done something. But, I, you know, I just think out of all the people that that could have done the job he's doing, those those people and those people that from that university, and they were the worst people at university, and it was, it was a weird thing for me. You know, I was I didn't go to a public school, and then I went to a comprehensive school, and I got into Oxford, and it was a big deal. And I, all the time, I felt, you know, oh, I'm going to get discovered and found out and chucked out. Mm. And all the time, I was just doing comedy. I wanted to go there to do comedy, and then in the end, that's all I really did when I was there. Brilliant. But you know, I, I moved in very different circles, and I was very intimidated by the confidence of those guys mm. of those public schools, not just not them specifically, but those type of people. And um, and but then in the end, you realise, you know, I ended up, I didn't, I got, I ended up getting quite. A good degree and I think and I didn't really do any work and I right. think if I'd known I could have got that degree I would have worked hard right. and got that same degree I don't think I'd have gone up any you know, two, why one. would you have worked hard but I, but, 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 but I just thought if I knew I could have done it I just thought oh it's a mistake they're going to get found out mm. and I'm not as clever as all these people and then I realised I was as clever as all these people <laughs> and yeah, they were just right. stupidly confident because <laughs> right, okay, yeah. they've been to public school because they've mm. been to Eton and this has all been brought bread into them and they're not the people we want you know, ruling the country and the fact that somehow Michael Gove has managed to convince 
anyone that he's a man of the people or that he cares about anything you know, or anyone who yeah. in Sunderland or you know yes. it's just it's insane he's a he's not a nice person no uh, and he's not a good politician he's not a good person uh, I would I'd sort of I guess I'd like him to be on the desert island with me because that would mean he wouldn't be here yeah oh so you'd if, take if, the if, hit. I, yeah. if I'm on a desert island anyway yeah <laughs> and then maybe I could cook and eat him yeah I mean he, he would be piggy if it was Lord of the Flies with me he would would, be. Would he? <laughs> yeah, he but, would, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah so I, I you know I don't it's very well all these things thinking I, I'm not a, a, a particularly negative person a lot of no, these things where you're asking me to think of, I know you're not yeah thinking yeah. of uh, I mean it's fun to maybe comedic about people hmm. but I don't really hate anyone you know i don't really hate many people but when i came down to it, i just thought out of everyone yes um and barring just the really obvious candidates in politics yeah um you know i, I was on this week with on the same week as nigel farage was on and i was in the same room as him mm. and at one point after midnight walking down a dark corridor behind him with just <laughs> the two of us there yeah again thinking this is sort of weird that you have this position mm. but you know like so if that you know say I'm not saying Nigel Farage is like Hitler no. but if you if you'd <laughs> been in a position where in 1932 you'd been walking down a corridor with Hitler you, you, uh, and and you'd clocked him over the head I mean no you'd just be in prison and no one would uh, care but yeah. you could have stopped all you of that history. <laughs> yeah. maybe and that so, was your moment yeah and so exactly so you sort yeah. of think at the end of my life am I going to look back and say wow that tapas bar Maybe I should have just left my wife and ch- children without a father or father in prison Who's so that say? I could <laughs> change history. Would it change history? Would it? Would the world be better or worse without Michael Gove in it? I don't know. But mm. uh, it's just sort of weird the way that those... It's weird it feels that our lives have intersected without even crossing over, really. Yes. Uh, and so there's there's something about him did, that... Did you ever find yourself next to him having a conversation in a bar? Or no, any, I don't no. Think, I don't think I've ever... I'm not sure I've ever spoken to him. I mean, maybe when we did Stab in the Dark, Maybe, but I don't know if we yeah. did. I, it was, it was. We were sort of kept so separate, and it, I'm glad because mm. it was, it was actually an enjoyable experience. Because Tracy was so lovely. Yes, um, yeah. but everyone else in that program, I mean, David was lovely as well. But all the production uh, team was such dicks. Yeah, there was a guy. There was a, well, there was a guy called. Oh, no, I won't say. Okay, I won't okay. His name. But there was a guy who was a producer who we used his surname. As a as a shorthand for not understanding a joke, basically for oh. about five or six years afterwards, because he just every we'd go, uh, we did a joke about fifteen uh, year old Stephen Hendry for some reason, and he went, oh, I think um, I think Stephen Hendry's actually twenty seven years old. <laughs> yeah, no, we yeah, making a joke about the fact that he looks like a teenager. <laughs> so it was, it was those sort of you know, it's that sort of complete misunderstanding yeah. of comedy. Okay, so yeah. we, that became a doing a whatever yeah, surname. Whatever My, I can't yeah. remember. I absolutely can remember his. And he was a he wasn't an unpleasant person. Okay, but, yeah. Uh, so I won't say his name. But uh, mm. <laughs> uh, and that's just uh, there was a guy called uh, what was his name? There was a guy who became quite famous famous uh, novelist Fisher Tibor Fisher. Oh, right. Who was was also a researcher on that show, wow. uh, so it was it was a, it's sort of an interesting it was a very interesting do and it was amazing to kind of get into the TV world. But yeah, Michael Gove was mm. was a ghostly, weird, yeah. stinking. He was like a like a human fart. Yeah, uh, that has permeated <laughs> yeah. through my life, and then the part fart has got worse and worse, and now the fart has spread yeah. throughout the whole country. I looked at yeah, I was having a look earlier. <laughs> I think they sort of created a job to just keep him in. Politics yeah. a couple of months ago, which right. like they changed the role and made him that role. Yeah, and well, it's it, interesting yeah. because obviously, like he's, and even Cameron was talking about this, but you know the way that him and Boris Johnson uh, just betrayed the the the, the themselves. You know, they mm. betrayed the country really, the the Conservative Party. Then they betrayed each other, or or Gove betrayed Johnson. So I quite like the fact that Johnson, you know, if out of anything, just because Gove is now. 
forced to kind of into this uh, underling position. Yeah. I don't, I'm not delighted that Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister, I have no. to say. But the fact that Michael Gove has had to kind of take, you know, take that hit, that he betrayed Boris Johnson and now Boris Johnson sort of has to give him a job yeah. when he's given him a job when the position went, oh, now. This could be pretty you awkward. Know, so yeah. it's, you know, he, he sort of deserves that fate. But mm. then, you know, you know, you just don't know with politics. I mean, I remember a year ago, so even less than that maybe, that the papers were just saying, that's it, Boris Johnson's blown it. He'll never be prime minister now because of one of his many gaffes. Uh, and so, you know, this, and, here this, he is. and here he is. So. <laughs> yeah, OK. Yeah. Michael Gove. Yeah. It's going to be your third choice. Yeah. Thank you very much, Richard. Hello. My name's Dan Benedictus, and welcome to Desert Island X Live. Thank you. It's the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is comedian Fern Brady. How you doing? Good. That was a nice posh hello from one (laughs) member of the audience. Hiya. You okay? Yeah, good, thanks. So we're about to share our, well, your Desert Island dicks, the worst people and worst things to be stuck with. Do you find that easy as a person to just sort of rant about things that you hate? Yeah, I'll send you my choices pretty much immediately. Yeah. When you phoned to do the research chat, I started off uh, telling you my least favourite people straight away. Did I not? You seem like a natural, and that's, that's, uh. kind, of, that's kind of why we booked you. You know, you're in, in the right place. And how many people in the audience work in radio and know the people I'm going to talk about? Uh, there's, a, there's a smattering, I think. We'll see, we'll see the reaction. You as, look as like you work along. in media. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Or they no, do. the audience. Yeah, that's kind of like saying you look like a wanker. But that's, I mean, it's fine. No, it's no, fine we can all be wanker. wankers together. Oh, that's I'm what a... we're in Soho for. <laughs> it's a safe space for wankers. Anyway, look, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Oh, pate. Pate. Yeah. Lovely minced up, chopped, reformed livers. What's wrong Creamed, creamed, pureed animal organs. We're coming up to Christmas now and more people are going to be eating it. Mm. Just the smell of it on someone else's breath is like... (laughs) Even just imagining it, it makes me, it makes my stomach turn. It's so awful. Yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because it is just mashed up organs reformed mm. into a paste. Mm. Right? But sometimes it's exotic. Like, you know, it's like, oh, it's marmalade glazed reformed organs in a paste. <laughs> they don't put that on the packet, obviously. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. I don't, I don't even like the vegetarian recreations of it. Um, Are they vegetarian pâtés? Yeah, yeah, but I don't even like seeing it. The worst is seeing someone chew up a cracker with patty or bread with patty and seeing it through their open mouth. <laughs> 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 It's horrible. Do give me a cheer if you guys like patty. Yeah. Ooh, lots of you. Mm. Why? It's tasty. Oh, there's textures so <laughs> smooth, smooth meat. You can. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. You can get chunkier ones as well, can't you? Depending on how. Hard. No, you I don't. More hardcore. What cat food? Yeah, it's not chunky ones. Yet. I think you get sort of more chunky ones, or is that? Is that what are the else? chunks? 
the same mash, not slightly less mashed up shit. <sighs> I do. I, even I mean, the whole party family that I don't like um, Terine either. Mm. Uh, salmon, moose, any of that? Because we're coming up to that season of um, the, all those kind of the salmon, <laughs> moose, and party, and the macro stuff as well. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the tension makes me feel like you all like it. <laughs> and you all stuff your mouths with it and have just open mouths filled with patty, smooth, creamy organs. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence. I'm not, I don't hate it, but it's very difficult to make a case for it. Someone on our Instagram recently said, oh, you just agree with everything. And it's like, because it's you're making a really good case. How can I now go, oh, these delicious creamy organs? But when you spread them on a bit of bread, like there's no, you can't, you can't make a case for it being nice. Cause even if it shouldn't have the texture. I don't want meat to have the texture of like smooth, creamy galaxy chocolate. It's <laughs> wrong. Is there, is it maybe, could they administer it in a different way? Like, I don't know, there's no, there's no, you can't do anything with it, you can't do shots. Administer it in a different, like, I have, before I was vegetarian, I, I'd eaten animal organs whole, and that's preferable, mm. but you still get like, arteries or veins or something in them. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, let's gross. Not forget, this is going to be aeroplane pate as well that you're stuck with. So, I is mean, that a thing? No, I just, you've crashed, you know, the, the, the oh, right. context, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, this pretend framework we're hanging it off you know but i imagine mm. like on a plane it's probably comes out it would probably come out of those little uht little things you know when you get well the that's milk, good because there would be a small serving of it pop it out like a little Ooh. ice cube of lung mm. no it's liver <clears> isn't it? anyway okay well that's a good i bet i think as well frank skinner he must love pate oh he loves frank it skinner he's got potted meats hasn't he he's like oh he shrimp. loves it like he's got like some crab paste or something he's like the poster boy for that kind of thing i think he loves it, man. You can imagine the influencer trying to do a blog, like scratching it into a rock because there's nowhere to publish the blog, but about how like a pate-only diet for 30 days is good for your complexion or something like that. A pate now wouldn't be an Instagrammable food, actually. It never comes no, up no, on, no. on Instagram. Try I mean, there's other foods that I hate. We can, I can, you, you can add one in if you'd like. What? Anything, uh, the layer of gelatin uh, that comes up in sliced ham. Pate's friend. Yeah. I mean, the jellies <laughs> on the pate as well. They're close bedfellows, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of this is a big reason why I'm a vegetarian is uh, just all the mad unnatural stuff <laughs> like j jelly and meat. Okay. Um, so we're going to give you a nice pate with a big layer of jelly on top. Uh, so that when you slice it, there's a nice sort of... Or like a, a pork pie where there's, like, there's a layer of gelatin... Mm. Between the pork and the pastry. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to wash it down with? What's your drink choice? Uh, any alcohol I don't really like. This okay. is a controversial choice, I'm sure, as I look at everyone drinking. <laughs> Christmas time in Britain, and you don't like lovely, lovely booze. It's yeah, it's, 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 no, it's fine. Well, just doesn't suit me. I'm not, um, I'm not like clean living by any means, um, but it's just not a drug that suits me. I mean, like I took MDMA on Saturday, and the worst that happened was um, I started replying really earnestly to everyone's tweets on my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> And I also, I live in Catford in southeast London, and we should all be on ecstasy in Catford because 
you don't feel frightened anymore of all the maniacs in Catford. You just look at people's faces and you just see pain and hurt and you feel <laughs> compassion. I was like, I felt like a Buddhist monk. Um, I had a great interaction getting the bus home um, because a, a guy tried to do that sort of um, sexist, like benevolent thing of going, no, after you, as I got on the bus, I went, after you, sir, after you, <laughs> and insisted that he got on the bus before me. Um, fantastic, a great night, listening to Massive Attack, getting the bus from Crystal Palace to Catford. Um, whereas drink, it just makes me feel sick. It has millions of calories in it. Like, I'm from a country where everyone drinks excessively and they all look like fat-melted candles. <laughs> like, everyone, everyone in Scotland just ages prematurely <laughs> um, from drinking too much, so... I have really, really conservative views on drink. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you've coupled it with, like, very tolerant views on, on Class A drugs. So it's well, like, that's okay. what I, mean, I felt like I had to say that. Like, you know, like, you're not sort of being too, you know, it's okay. It's but do you know what? I feel like there'd be more empathy for me if I was a recovering alcoholic, because people have more sympathy then, because they go, ah, you understand how great drink is then. <laughs> you just can't do it anymore, whereas I've never, never got into it. And yeah. I, tr I tried... Um, but I just can't get into it. I think a big thing is I've never struggled to say what I think, um, and I don't need alcohol to make me a slut. <laughs> so then in, in Britain, I mean, British people are so depressed that um, that's kind of alcohol's main function, isn't it? Mm. To tell people who you think are a cunt to finally tell them they're a cunt. And to have sex with people that are embarrassingly ugly, I guess. <laughs> That's why people need alcohol. Mm. Um, and I've, so I've never really felt I need it for that. I mean, you make a good case for not needing it. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, I can't argue with that. I mean, you're going to be sharing the island with Frank Skinner. Again, he's a, he's a teetotaler now. But well, we could bond over that. Yeah, but he's a you know, former alcoholic, so he's going to say, you know, like know. say, coming from different angles. I'm, you know, quite an alcohol fan, but I find now, increasingly, it's, like, it's just making me worse and worse and I'm like I don't want to give it up because it tastes nice but like I mean I'm not drinking to excess I'm just in my house like it's all I've got to do because I've got kids mm. so like get in the weed and all I do oh no it's, it's, thing is alcohol makes me even more tired weed is like even more it's like I can't you know and no you need the right um there's strains that make you feel more awake I'm a, a big stoner okay. and I hate when people tell me they can't get into weed um because they they feel paranoid because I'm like when you first started drinking you probably weren't very good at that mm. I mean if you look at a Saturday night in London a lot of people aren't very good at drinking yeah but they persist with it week after week. Whereas with weed, a lot of people have never really given it the chance. Yes, there's a bit at the start when you first smoke it where you look around the room at your friends and you think, I should murder all of you. <laughs> That's just the first bit. You have to ride that out and then the good bit happens after that. Okay, well, we'll have to have a chat afterwards then. <laughs> because, you know, I want to be an open-minded guy and I do love my children, so, you know, I'll just let's give it a go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today is comedian, writer, and host of the Cuddle Club podcast, Lou Sanders. Whoa, I'll, I'll hype myself in, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? I'm very good, actually. Yeah, I am. Yeah, why not? What I'm, <laughs> I'm holding back from all the boring stuff. Like okay. I was going to say, I was going to tell you stuff and we don't know each other that well. And I think like, focus on the positives. Oh, okay. that isn't what this podcast is about, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was going to say, because obviously, you know, you host the Cuddle Club podcast, which is, you know, about cuddling, um, broadly speaking. And, you know, I'm going to ask you to sort of talk about things and people that you hate. I mean, is this a bit of a, a bit of a gear change? I don't want to sort of like mess up your, you know, your outlook on life or anything. Yeah, you don't want to mess up the brand. Well, mm. I think I've got some workarounds because, well, when we get into it, I'll tell you. I'll okay. Tell you. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's getting too much and we need to stop and talk about something upbeat for, you know, there's like a little like palate cleanser between sections, you know, we can do mm. that. We can be flexible. I think is I am a little bitch, but I'm trying not to be. That's the thing. Like I've spent a lot of money on alternative health and healing and spiritual stuff. And then now and again, I'm still a little bitch, but um, mm. it's work in progress. It's a full, it's, it's a lifetime's work to not be a little bit. Some people are not born a bitch. And mm. I think that's lovely, actually. Yeah. Some people have to do less work on themselves to be naturally nice. Yeah. I'm only I'm only horrible about people that I think are horrible about me. Fortunately, you're not going to be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Well... Least favourite film, The Hangover 2. I think it's The Hangover 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the most sexist thing I've ever seen in my friggin' life. Like, the, the, it might be The Hangover 1, but I'm sure it's 2. The guy who's getting married, right, his father-in-law is like, oh, whatever happens and his dad do. You know, don't worry about it, mate. Like, you know, boys will be boys. Like, her dad is saying, effectively, yeah, you know, screw who you want, don't worry about it, like, we, what are we like? Mm. And you're like, what? Like, what's going on here? And the girls are so lame, they just want to go in the spa and stuff. I mean, I don't mind a spa, but it's like the girls are could be any irreplaceable kind of 2D, you know, and the boys are like, yeah, legends, they're having all the fun, and the girls are just like so passive, they don't even speak. Mm. I mean, it was a long time I watched it, but I remember being really angry at the time. So that would be my worst film. Um, because I know that sometimes men write films and they don't know how to portray women. And that, mm. so they just like don't really do anything with them. They're just sort of there to like, I don't really know, like a cardboard cutout. But then Sharon Horgan once said, if you have problems writing women, just write them as men and then change the name at the end. And I thought, mm. oh yeah. yeah, because we're not different. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe we go to spas more often, but the friends that I know that are girls like 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 activities and action and you know. Yeah, yeah. You want to have fun and also go to a spa as well. Like you can do, but I, like, I quite want to go out. If I next time I go on a stag do, 
Mm. I'd quite like to go to a spa the next day. That would be quite nice. You yeah, know, like yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. sort of cure for like a big night out. You know, like why can't we have both? Yeah. I'm going to and like all my friends are hardcore that are girls. They like like um, you know, do skateboarding or roller skating or there's not do any difference between no. oh I'm going to adult gymnastics um next week. So I wanna try and learn how to do a backflip. Wow. And I put me trying online. I tried, attempted one and it was really bad. And um at like trampoline in place and my friend was like I need to teach how to do this safely he did I didn't realize he was a gymnast when he was younger and then he sent me a clip of him doing like all these like front flips and back flips and everything and he's gonna teach me how to do one wow that's just such a good trick to have in your back pocket and especially because you don't drink so there's no risk because I think it's a dangerous thing for someone who drinks to have in like up their sleeve but you're never going to be like I'm pissed. Watch this. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, but, so you're safe. You've got like the safety catch. So it's uh, well, perfect. I, I, I haven't given up cooking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would be really cool, won't it? He's in The Lion King. Imagine wow. that. And he's going to teach me. At, yeah. I mean, I'm quite clumsy, so we'll see. But if I'm talking to you next time in a neck brace, we know why. But you're good at roller skating and you go in a skate park and everything. So you've already got a certain amount of like... Um... I'm not. Yeah, I don't think I'm very good, actually. Like my friends are all really good. I think you need to go all the time to be good. And um, like some of my friends, oh, my God, they're so good. And I feel like I'm a bit lame. And um, But then, you know, some of them are like 21, 22. Of course, they're going to be Yeah, exactly. Of course, they're going to be good. Also, you need to think about yourself on the scale. I can't roller skate. And I, you're oh. really good at roller skating. Yeah, next to you. you know, next to next, you, I like a yeah, dream. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's just it's just who you surround yourself yeah. by. If you want me to stand next to you next time you go, I'm happy to put on a pair of skates and fall over a bit, if that will make you feel better. Thank you. I hadn't been skating for ages and I went back and um, this was a while ago now. And uh, I was very, you, you get quite self-conscious because... Like some people are just so good and you feel like, oh God, I'm too old to be this shit, you know. And um, I was psyching myself up to like drop in again. And this guy went, oh, I loved you on Taskmaster. And I went, oh, thank you. Then I felt even more like people would be, like he'd be watching me or whatever to see if I was any good. And then I dropped in and fell over straight away. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been trying to learn to skateboard since in the last couple of years as well. And, you know, I'm really too old to start doing that. But no. and it, is, it is very like if you're a grown up, it feels like you should have been like, you know, because you see people my age and they've been doing it since they were 10 and they're very yeah. good. And they might be with their kids, teaching their kids to skateboard. And I'm like, yeah, I can't skateboard. Or, and my son, I can't teach him either, really. So we're just both just falling over. So, Oh, do you go really with work. your son? Well, he has his bike and I'll go on the skateboard, you know, so oh. that's sort of, then we can be about the same pace and it's okay. You know, yeah. How old is he? He's four and a half, but he's very, he's very, um, the opposite of extreme sports, whatever that adjective would be. So he's very, un, you know, very scared of everything like that. So, yeah. you know, it's quite good for me because I'm crap. So it's not like he's like whizzing off and I'm sort of struggling behind. So it's quite a good yeah. balance, really. Yeah, it's quite nice that he'll be safe around roads and stuff. But um, it's a shame we can't all sort of have a kid like Sky Brown, really, isn't it? Cause, yeah, because she's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. Sort of, any other kid next to Sky Brown is a bit embarrassing, really. But then think how shit they'd make you feel like if you're, you know, you had a daughter who was like much better at roller skate. At least you're, you know, 
You've got no, a head start. You know, I so. think I'd love it because I'd just be like, okay, I'm just going to get into collages or something, you know, <laughs> but a basket weaving or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lou, what's your song choice going to be? Um, well, I think it's any repetitive sort. My pet hate is beeping noises. Like, okay. It makes me so mad. Like, if anyone wanted to torture me, I think they just play beeping noises in. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything repetitive. So maybe it's like a kid's song, like my goddaughter likes, like every kid likes Baby Shark. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's something like that. Like, that. I think that would be the worst. Mm. I can't think of any other songs that I hate, hate. Mm. What songs do you hate? I mean, yeah, same, that sort of repetitive. I mean, there's, there comes a point with like kids' music where you hear it so often that you just can't hear it anymore. Mm. Yeah, I was saying to, I think it's Ellis James recently, he, because we were talking about a similar thing, and my son had just got into listening to Crazy Frog. Do you remember oh, that? yeah, yeah. And I yeah. thought that was just gone. Like, I thought that was something from like 20 years ago. It never yeah. come back. And it somehow popped up on YouTube, and he loves it. And then I was sort of saying how awful it was and how I was trying to steer him somewhere else. And then, like, he was like, but I really like it. And I was like, oh, oh no. yeah, you do, don't you? And I'm sort of taking it away from you. But it is also shit as well. Yeah. I mean, in terms of sort of bleepy music, I quite like sort of like electronic music. So I don't, I can put up with a lot of repetitive electronic music, but I can also get how it can be seen as quite meaningless. I, no, electronic, there's a few things going on. It's not just like one beeping noise continually so mm. electronic music some of it's all right actually heavy metal i think i'd find that tricky if it was mm. a really heavy metal song mm. you know they've done an experiment i don't know if this is true or a bit we were but they did an experiment on um how water freezes and and they put half the group with um i think like classical music and then half the group 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 of water ice <laughs> um with like heavy metal music and the mm. patterns. I think this might be one of these internet bullshit things, but the patterns um, under the classical music, the ice was symmetrical patterns or something. What am I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> and then under the heavy metal music, it was all like shards and mm. I don't know. This could be horseshit and I can't <laughs> retell it very well. This is like at the start of the podcast where I was searching in my head for in the name of the book for about 10 minutes. Great guest. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad that there are scientists out there doing important work in the field of Thank what, you. What, how, how, <laughs> how water freezes when listening, when water is listening to different kinds of music. Well, yeah, you can't be working on cancer the whole time. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so should we say a a um a particularly repetitive children's song then? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It's yours to go insane to. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today is chameleon sorry, not chameleon, he's a comedian, Jamali Maddox. How are you doing, mate? I like chameleon. Yeah. I think yeah. I might go with chameleon, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean you could be both. You could yeah. change colour and be funny. You could as be well. wherever you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, Jamali, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I would say a cat. Okay. I have a cat. I like cats. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, me too. But I, I ain't got an issue with cats, but we've got to look where we are. There's an island. You don't mm. want them. You know what I mean? Because it's like, even once you domesticate them, they, they offer no help. You okay. know what I mean? They don't hunt. 
for you. It's not like a dog where a dog will hunt, guard, do this, do that. If you, if a cat finds food, it will eat the food. It won't bring it to you. Oh, yeah. yeah do you know what I'm saying, definitely. though? Like, yeah. even when they bring you a dead bird, they're not bringing you that dead bird like, look, eat. It's bringing you a dead bird of like, look what I did, you know? Yeah. Yeah, witness my power. Yeah, witness my power. Because it's like cats. It's that. It's that old saying where you you own dogs, cats own people. You know. Yeah. Like yeah, you definitely. you're you're sort of a whim to your cat. And I've got a mm. cat, and I love my cat. My cat's a good cat. Like my cat doesn't scratch people. You know, my, when my little cousin was mad little, and he's like stroking it too hard, it doesn't you know bite and that. Because some cats you know scratch it if it's getting stroked too hard with kids. Never did none of that, you know, really nice cat. But then on a desert island, it's just worthless. Yeah, I mean, as I record this, my cat is sitting next to me on the bed. And, you know, he's a lovely boy, but, you know, pretty useless. And he's he's eight years old. He's only getting lazier as, as time goes yeah. on. And, I mean, what I like about cats is that, you know, people go, oh, dogs, you know, man's best friend, they're always so pleased to see you. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, if you meet a person like that, yeah. there's, there's a bit too much. It's and like, how are you so excited? Yeah, like, I've just been in the shop for five minutes. Like, calm down, yeah, yeah, this is too yeah. much. Yeah. You know. And then and when like... dogs are aloof, it's not a good thing either, you know? Yeah. Like, you kind of don't want your dog not to care about you either. Like, yeah, you know you're saying, right. Like, on the desert island, you need a team of people that are going to, like, die for each other. Yeah. You know, they're not going to stop until they found the food or, like, solve the problem or make sure everyone's safe. Whereas, like, if everyone was just, like, a cat, you'd be like... All right, fuck you then. I'm going to go and eat and then yeah. maybe do something, but I'm not telling you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, just, and they just go, like, and cats have different owners. Like, I had a, I got a cat. My cat just went missing for three weeks and mm. come back, looked fed, looked yeah. cared for. Like, I went holiday and so the people across the road started feeding my cat. Mm. So my cat goes there now, constantly <laughs> looking for, do you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Like, there's no loyalty in them. Yeah. There's no loyalty it, in cats. And you can't, and like, worse comes to worse. If the cats overrun the island, you can't really even eat a cat, I don't think. No, it's not going to be great, I don't think. No. And and it's that thing of, like, you know, doesn't matter that you're, like, basically, you know, your cat's part of the family. You've nurtured and loved it since it was a kitten. But still, every now and again, you're like, do you want, you know, try and give it a stroke or a cuddle. And it's just like, fuck you, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like you're trying to do something really weird to it. And you're like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. Fuck off then. Like you your know, cat, was... your cat would just, and like the thing is about your cat as well is that it won't miss you when you're gone. <laughs> like if I had my, my cat now, love, you know, nice cat, jumps on your lap for a stroke. Lovely cat. If we just went missing, the cat would go, okay, I guess I'm feral now. Like, there's no, like, a dog will try and find you. Yeah, there's none of that, like, sitting by its owner's grave. No, no, a cat. No, cats don't care. Yeah. I mean, you might get one in a blue moon, but, you know, mm. cats in general, just, I just think on a desert island, you're going to want something a bit more that you could use yeah. for survival as opposed to just having there that and it just eats extra food and doesn't help yeah or even if you couldn't use it just something that you could sort of like just offload with and just sort of enjoy the company of, yeah. you know like you know you've had a hard day with the other you and your mate who's not really pulling his weight yeah. and bear grills and you're just like oh there's that animal let's bond let's yeah. have a nice cuddle and it's true what you say though you could have that cat for 30 years and then you go and stroke it and it's just like so, do i know you 
Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. And they're just, you know, and I think they're just, they are the ultimate dick of yeah. dicks of the of the animal world. And I, and I love them. I'm a cat man. I'm a dog man deep in my heart. I'm a dog man. But, like, I love mm. cats, man. I like animals in general, you know. But, yeah, you same. know, these cats are just, I just, you know, on a desert island, they're just the worst one to have. Have you ever yeah. met a cat owner where their cats are kind of strangely affectionate? Like, there's this one girl I know, and she has two house cats. Mm. And she uh, and and they can't go out because it's in, like, downtown L.A., you yeah. know, so that you just can't let them out. And um, and they're just strange, man. Like, they're too... <laughs> they're just way too affectionate, and they just, like, they wake her up in the morning. And it's just it's too much, and you go, your cat should act like that. Yeah, it's, you know? it's suspicious. Maybe it's like, is this because they don't go out? This is the only change of scene they've got. I really so don't know what it is, man. But I've know. met the cats too, and they're just strange cats, man. Like one of them, <laughs> yeah, one of them's got like boss eyes and is weird. But the other cats, like, it's just they're just strange. I just, I don't think your cat should be that affectionate. Yeah, I mean, you know, like as I said, my cats asleep on the bed next to me as I record this, mm. and you know, some animals. I would maybe feel bad about being so rude about them and their species in front of them, you know, even though they can't understand. Of course, you of know, course. At this yeah, point, yeah. you know, you feel a bit aware of it. Well, the only reason people, I yeah. don't mind is like, I know I don't mind saying cats are idiots next to my cat because I know he doesn't give a fuck about what I think. He would agree with any you. of my opinions. He's like, yeah, whatever, you fucking loser. Yeah, and he care. would agree with you if you would be like, you're a dick, and he'd go, yeah. Yeah, so are you. What? Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. care, bruv. He would do that thing of, like, he would try and make you flinch. <laughs> he go, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going to punch you and make you flinch and that. Yeah, he's like, I'm still the boss around here. Yeah. Fuck stick. Yeah, good. Uh, a fine choice, Jamali. And, uh, yeah, added to the rest of your choice, I think you've made a, a pretty horrendous habitat for yourself and for everyone else. So uh, you've succeeded Great. very well in the... In the um, in the point of this uh, this podcast, so well done. I'm glad. And now, Jamali, where can uh, people sort of hear or see more of you at the minute? Well, I mean, with lockdown, it's, you ain't going to be seeing much of me, really. I mean, I'm, I'm on all the socials under my name, Jamali Maddox, and uh, I'm going to try, I've, I just thought about it today, I'm going to try and do some outdoor shows, you know, if the mm-hmm. weather holds up yeah. and doesn't get worse. So I'm going to try and do some live stuff, because I know there's like a... Um, people are trying to experiment with stuff, doing it outside or doing it on rooftops. So I might try and do some, you know, Jamali and friends and stuff. So um, look out for that. But that's about it, really. Cool. Nice one. Well, thanks again for coming on Desert Island. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, bye. So there you go, that was Taskmaster Top of the Cox. And coming out later this week, we will have a Desert Island Dicks featuring a guest who is on the new series of Taskmaster as well, so that should be out towards the end of the week. So a good way of making sure you don't miss that is to subscribe, and then you will never miss an episode. All the Dicks content will just be there for you without having to think of it or remember and it'll be ready for you when you're on a train or you've got no reception. It'll just be there waiting. Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production. It was dreamt up and produced by James Deacon. It was produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus. It was expertly edited by Chris Attaway. And actually, in this instant, it was edited by James Deacon. So he gets an extra shout out there. And thanks, as always, to John Deacon for his continued and passionate support. 
Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, if you would like to have a go on Desert Island Dicks and get your submissions in and tell us who and what you'd hate to be stuck on a desert island with, then do get in touch and you could be in one of our Compact Dicks episode, which is entirely listener-generated. So to do that, go to dickspod.com contact or you can go to Twitter or Instagram and just give us a little DM. We're on those platforms at DicksPod. That's all there is to it. You know how social media works. I know you do. It's the modern world. I think that's it for me today, so we'll be back soon with more dicks. Until then, I hope you have a dick-free week, apart from the dicks that you listen to on this podcast. Oh, God, I'm really rambling. I'm going to wrap it up. Okay, bye. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.